because we're going to dig into God's Word. We've been in a four-part sermon series that we're calling Heart for the House. We've been taking four Sundays to explore the book of Haggai. It's a short book. It's the second shortest book in the Old Testament. You're not sure where it is. Go to Matthew. Jump back three books. And we've been looking at the four messages that God gave Haggai to share with God's people who were in exile in Babylon for 70 years and now back in Jerusalem rebuilding the temple. Well, today we want to feast on the last four verses. So get your Bible out. I want you to turn with me to Haggai chapter 2. We're going to dive into Haggai chapter 2, verse 20, down to verse 23. And I want to share with you three things that I believe the Lord placed in my spirit to offer to you today. First thing I want to share with you, number one, I really believe this, that God has a specific word today just for you. God can speak to you through one of the worship songs, and perhaps already as we've had a time of corporate worship, God spoke to you in the worship song. Maybe God's going to speak to you right now in this sermon. Maybe God's going to speak to you through someone in the lobby on your way out, or maybe it's going to be an email from someone later today. But I honestly believe that God has a specific timely word for each and every person here on site and each and every person online. I want you to look at verse 20. In verse 21, it says the word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. The third message that God gave him happened on that same day, but now the fourth message, look at verse 21, tells Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah. First three messages were for God's people. but The last message was for a person named Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the governor of Judah, and his name means one who's been born or sown in Babel or Babylon. He was born in Babylon, and as, as the king Darius allowed a segment of God's people to return back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, he released Zerubbabel to be the governor. What you may not know, he was, he was not really leading as the governor. He was like a, a puppet on strings. And King Darius was calling the shots. And he was just there to do what he was told. And, and it wasn't going well. We've been studying Haggai. And we've learned that God's people slowed down in the rebuilding of the temple. And, and the Samaritans came and attacked him. And, and he was down and discouraged and feeling like a, a loser and feeling like life was falling apart. But God had a specific word for him that day coming through Haggai. And some of you sitting here today and some of you watching online, you're like, Mark, if you only knew what I'm up against, if you only know the health challenge we're facing, if you only knew the financial difficulty we're walking through, if you only knew the mountain we're up against, Mark, if you only knew the kind of week that was ahead of me, I don't know how I'm going to move forward. I've got something to say to you today. God's got a timely, specific word just for you today. He had one for Zerubbabel, and he has one for you. And so number one, God has a specific word just for you. The second thing I want to share with you, I really believe this. God has a unique plan just for you. God, has, when he made you, he threw away the mold. God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. God's got a destiny for this church. And God's got a destiny and a plan for your life. It's huge. It's bigger than you. It's a God plan. It's a unique plan. 
I want to dive into the latter part of verse 21, into the latter part of verse 23. And I want to share with you three words. And the first word is shake. Can everybody say that word with me? Shake. One, two, three. Shake. Come on, give a little shake. Ready? Shake. I want to take you to verse 21. The first thing God said to Haggai, to Zerubbabel, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. Something we need to know about Old Testament prophecy, often it had what's called a a dual fulfillment. You know what that means? Something was going to be fulfilled in that day, but then something long to Haggai for Zerubbabel. And it was a specific word, and it was something that was going to be fulfilled in Zerubbabel's day, but then something that would be fulfilled down the road. And he says, I'm going to shake the heavens, and I'm going to shake the earth. And the double fulfillment led towards end-time prophecy, speaking towards the days of the battle of Armageddon and speaking toward the days of the return of Jesus Christ. Now, I know the answer to the question, but let me ask the question. How many people believe Jesus Christ is coming back soon? Do you believe that today? Come on. Do you believe Jesus is coming back soon? Friends, have you been tracking the news? Have you been watching what's been happening in Afghanistan? Do you understand that the center of world power has been the United States of America, but now the Taliban is taking over Afghanistan and the troops have been taken away? I really wonder if the power is going to shift from North America to the Middle East. And I'm challenging you, church, watch Afghanistan, watch China, watch Iran, and watch Israel. It's like end-time prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes. A stage is being set for a one world government a stage is being set for a one world currency and a stage is being set for the mark of the beast of the antichrist and i believe god is saying to me today to say to you that he is going to shake the nations he is going to do something great these are end time days and he's calling the church not to be an audience but to be an army he's calling the church to wake up it's like in the days of noah where noah built an ark and he got he and his family into the ark and then the storm came there's a storm coming friends and this is the time for the church to do all they can to share the love of Jesus Christ to let the world know that the answer to the world is Jesus Christ is there a witness in the house this morning the answer to the world is Jesus Christ In verse 22, I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. God said to Haggai, tell Zerubbabel, this is what I'm going to do in his day. And this is what I'm going to do in end time days. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. And he takes the analogy of what God did to the Egyptians when they were attacking God's people. When they came to the Red Sea, he said, there's going to be a shaking. I thought of Hebrews 12, 26 to 28. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The word once more indicated the removing what can be shaken, that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. First John 2, 17, the world and its desire pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. There's a shaking going on on planet Earth. And if you haven't heard, there's a federal election coming up here in the nation of Canaan. Christians, we ought to be praying that the will of the Lord would be done. 
I've heard many Christians come to me in my journey as a pastor and complain about our politicians. And then I ask them, did you vote? And they say to me, well, I didn't vote. I didn't know who to vote for. There was no one worth voting. If you don't vote, you got nothing to complain about. Hear me today, church. And I, I want to make this statement today that when you vote, prayerfully vote. Do not let the driving force be how many dollars will get back in your back pocket because of the government. You need to check out the platform, the stand of every politician and filter through the lens of God's word. We need godly men and godly women in the political realm who understand politics but stand for Jesus Christ. Come on, come on, give a little clap offering of praise in this place today. And Woodfell, we need to be praying like we have never prayed before these are critical days and it seems like like the church is is being is being strangled at the neck from saying the name of Jesus and standing for God's word it feels like like there's a growing wave to call the Bible hate literature I'm here to declare to you this is not hate literature this is a love letter from God Almighty the hope for Canada is Jesus Christ my trust is not in the government my trust is in Jesus Christ and we've got an election coming up and church we ought to prayerfully vote And if you don't know how to vote or who to vote for, go to the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada website. They've got some great resources of questions. You can ask the politicians so you can discern who God wants you to vote. I can't tell you to vote for. I'm not a politician. I'm a preacher. I'm not a financial advisor. I don't tell you where to invest your money. I don't tell you to vote for. I'm just here to talk to you about Jesus Christ. I hope that's okay with you. I'm here to point you to the hope for the nation, and his name is Jesus Christ. On Woodville, put your hands together again and give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. The first word is shake, but then the second word is take. Number two, take, take. And in verse 23, Haggai said to Zerubbabel, On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant, Zerubbabel, The son of Shealtiel declares the Lord, I will take you, my servant, Zerubbabel. I started to study the word take in the ancient Hebrew. And I saw a pattern in the Old Testament that was often used of God changing the position, the posture, and the influence of someone. And let me show you a great verse in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8. Now then tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says, I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and I appointed you to ruler over my people Israel. God looked at David, who was a shepherd tending sheep, and God said, I've got something for you and it's not just taking care of these sheep I've appointed you to be a ruler of the nation I've appointed you to be a king I've appointed you for more than what you're doing Woodville hear me God has a destiny over this church and I believe that God has postured this church called Woodville to be a blessing not just in the city of Ottawa and not just in the province of Ontario but across the nation of Canada and not just across the nation of Canada but around the world 
God has blessed this church greatly. And we need to be a blessing in our city. We need to be a blessing in the nation of Canada. And I believe God is saying, I am taking you from what you are. And I've appointed you for greater things in the days ahead. And I want you to look this way. God has appointed you for a great plan and a great purpose. Whether you are retired or working. Whether you are in school or not in school. Whether you are in your 90s or you're in your teens. Whether you are retired or you're working. Whether you've got lots of money or little money. Whether you've got a degree or you don't have a degree. I'm here to say to you, God's got a plan. God's got a destiny for your life. And this is the time for the church to rise up. This is the appointed hour. Now is the time. There's an anointing of God that's resting on you. And God would say to me to say to you today, as he said to Zerubbabel, I am taking you and I'm going to place you in a place of influence and purpose. The best is yet to come. Come on, Woodville. The best is yet to come. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. He said, on that day, I'll take you, my servant, Zerubbabel, my servant. I wondered what Haggai thought when he heard those words, because in Isaiah 42, verse 1, that name servant was used prophetically referring to Jesus. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. Isaiah 53, verse 11, after he has suffered, he will see the light of light and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many. And he will bear their iniquities. God said to Haggai, that Zerubbabel, you are a servant of God. And I'm taking you. And I'm going to use you. God wants to use you. The first word is shake. The second word is take. And the last word is make. In verse 23, in the latter part, God spoke to Haggai. And Haggai said to Zerubbabel, I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you. Do you know what a signet ring is? It's not an ordinary ring. I've got an ordinary ring on my right hand. I've got my wedding band, which is really significant on this hand. And this, this ring here is a family ring that my father passed down to me. It wasn't long before he passed away. He gave me this ring, and it carries great meaning, but it's not a signet ring. A signet ring in Bible days was worn by a king. I want to talk to you about the signet ring. And the first thing I want you to notice about the signet ring is, number one, that the signet ring was inseparable. The king would never take off the signet ring. He wore it on his right hand, and he never took it off. And God said to Haggai to tell Zerubbabel, you are like my signet ring. It's like God was saying to Zerubbabel, you and I are inseparable. You might feel like I've left you, but I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. i got a word for you today. You and God are inseparable. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. He is, come on, Woodville, he is with you at all times. He was with you yesterday. He's with you today. And he'll be with you tomorrow. The signet ring was inseparable with the king. He never took it off. The second thing about the signet ring, it's not just inseparable. It is invaluable. It's got value beyond what you can ever imagine. 
It wasn't an ordinary ring. It was an invaluable ring. It was priceless. You couldn't put a dollar value to it. It was invaluable. And when God looks at you, he sees value on your life. He sees value over your life. He sees purpose over your life. You're not a mistake. You've got value in the eyes of God. He has chosen you. He has created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is nobody looking at me today that is a mistake. You are valuable to God. You are like his signet ring. The third thing about a signet ring is the signet ring had a a unique emblem on it that was unique alone to that king. King Darius would have his signet ring, which would be different from King Cyrus, which would be different from Potiphar, which would be different from any other leader or king. It was a unique signet. It was a unique symbol on the ring. You are unique in the eyes of God. When God made you, he threw away the mold. And if you don't be you, who's going to be you? God has uniquely created you and made you. Somebody is watching right now, and you're thinking, nah, I'm not unique. I'm weird. You're not weird. You are uniquely made. God has put gifts in your life for such a time as this. You are unique. Come on, somebody give a little clap offering of praise to our God. It's inseparable. It's invaluable. It's unique. Now, now the next thing about the signet ring is it speaks of ownership. Because in that culture, a king would seal a document and express ownership with his signet ring and they would get some hot wax and he would he would push his signet ring into the hot wax and the hot wax would then bear the emblem from his signet ring and and the, the symbol on it says this is mine i own this this is mine this is my church you belong to jesus come on woodfell you belong to jesus you belong to god almighty Another thing about the signet ring, watch this, it speaks of authority. I started to study the signet ring in the Old Testament. You can look it up. In the book of Genesis, Potiphar gave a signet ring to Joseph when Joseph was in the palace. He said, here's the ring. You've got power in my house because the signet ring speaks of authority and power. And then I went to the book of Esther and I saw the signet ring in the book of Esther. And then I went to the book of Daniel. And when they put Daniel in the lion's den, King Cyrus of that day put a rock over the lion's den and he put a seal of the signet ring of himself over the seal that says this 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 den is shut you can't remove the door i'm sealing this i've got the authority because the signet ring speaks of authority the signet ring speaks of power and when king when king cyrus sealed the outward of that that lion's den it's like it cannot be changed it's going to be locked in daniel will not get out you love that story don't you because even though he's locked in the lion's den god closed the mouths of the lions hallelujah it might look like it was over but how many people it's not no it's not over until God says it's over come on come on it's not over until God says it's over and the signet ring speaks of authority the signet ring speaks of power watch this church when you're a follower of Jesus Christ you are like his signet ring and you've got an authority you've got a power in the name of Jesus I've learned it firsthand that there's power in the name of Jesus I've learned firsthand at the name of Jesus demons 
everyone tremble. I've learned firsthand at the name of Jesus, sick bodies are healed. I've learned at the name of Jesus, blind eyes are open. I've learned at the name of Jesus, miracles happen. You see, my friends, you are like his signet ring. He's given you the authority. He's given you the power. And power is found. Come on, Woodville. Power is found in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to show you something that maybe you never, you never knew. Because when Haggai spoke these words to Zerubbabel, I, I will make you like my signet ring. For I've chosen you. His great-granddaddy, his great-granddaddy was a king. His great-granddaddy was, was Jehoiakim, who was the king of Judah at one time for like three months. And during those three months, he messed up. And during those three months, he took a scroll that contained prophetic words from a prophet named Jeremiah, and he burned the scroll in a fire. You can read about it in Jeremiah 36. And God said in verse 31 of Jeremiah 36 about, about Zerubbabel's great-grandfather, I will punish him, and I'll punish his children and his attendants for their wickedness. I'm going to bring on them and those living in Jerusalem and the people of Judah every disaster I pronounce against them because they have not listened. Let me make it more clear. Let me take you back to Jeremiah 22, 24 to 30. You probably, maybe you've never seen this in God's word, but get ready for this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, even if you, Jehoiakim, that's the great granddaddy of Zerubbabel, the son of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Watch this, were a signet ring on my right hand, I would still pull you off. Let that sink in. Because God just said to Haggai to Zerubbabel, you are like my signet ring. But for decades, there was a curse over him. Because of what his great-granddaddy had done when he had burned the scroll of Jeremiah and threw it in the fire. And God was now saying that you, Jehoiakim, if you are a signet ring on my right hand, I'd still pull you off. Look at verse 25. I'd deliver you into the hands of those who want to kill you, those you fear, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and the Babylonians. Look at verse 26. I would hurl you and the mother who gave you birth into another country where neither of you were born. And there you would both die. Verse 27. You will never come back to the land you long to return to. Is this man, Jehoiakim, verse 28, a despised, a broken pot, an object no one wants? Why will he and his children be hurled out, cast into a land they do not know? Oh, land, land, land. Hear the word of the Lord, verse 30. This is what the Lord says. Record this man as childless, a man who will not prosper in his lifetime, for none of his offspring will prosper. None will sit on the throne of David or rule among anyone in Judah church, get it in your spirit. But now Zerubbabel has left Babylon and he's in Jerusalem and he's helping them to rebuild the walls. And God says to him, you're like my signet ring. But there is a prophetic word over his great granddad because of what he's done. And God said, if you were like a signet ring, I'd pull you off my hand. Here's what I see here. And I love this. Here's the word today. Jesus can reverse the curse that's resting over you today. Come on, Woodville. Jesus can reverse the curse that is resting over you. 
In case you can't bring this together, let me show you another verse that brings it home to me. In 1 Chronicles 3, 17 to 19, it tracks the history of Zerubbabel, the descendants of Jehoiakim, the captive. The descendants of Jehoiakim, the captive. That's his great-grandpa. Shealtiel, we've heard his name, his son. Verse 18, Malchurim, Padiah, Shenazar, Jekayim, Hoshamah, Nebadiah. Verse 19, the sons of Padai, Zerubbabel. There it is. God says, you, Zerubbabel, you're like my signet ring. There might be a curse that's been resting over your great-grandpa, but today, I break it. We are inseparable. You are invaluable. You are honor. You've got my authority. You've got my power. Yeah, you are mine, and I am yours, and I'm going to take you, and I'm going to use you in a great way. Anybody glad this morning that we serve a Jesus who can? Come on, anybody glad this morning we serve a Jesus who can reverse the curse? You might have been raised in an alcoholic's home. You might have been an alcoholic yourself. You might have spent time in jail. You might have messed up your life miserably. But when you take it to the cross of Jesus, it is forgiven in the name of the Lord. And Jesus can reverse the curse. Come on, Woodville, give another clap offering of praise to our Lord God. 1 Peter 2, 4. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. I read that verse because God said to Haggai to Zerubbabel, I'll make you like my signet ring. I've chosen you. In the same way God chose his son Jesus, that same word is used regarding Zerubbabel. Number one, God has a timely word for you. Number two, God has a unique plan. And I want to close this message with number three, and it's all about Jesus. I want the band to come and join me on the platform. I believe God's got a destiny over this house. I believe that we're about to step into a season of revival that we have never experienced before. I believe the best is yet to come, but it's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And in verse 23, it says, declares the Lord Almighty. In Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33, I'm going to bring this together now. It talks about Jesus. It says, he will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And his kingdom will never end. His name is Jesus. I want you right now to stand to your feet on the main level, in the balcony, in the risers, in an overflow at home. You're watching online. I want you to say his name with me. His name is Jesus. Can we say it together? One, two, three. Jesus. 
Come on now, let's say it with all that's within us. It's the most powerful name, and his name is Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. He's my savior. Come on, Woodville. He's my healer. He's my baptizer. He's my soon-coming king. He's the sweet rose of Sharon. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end, and it's all about him, and his name is Jesus. So I don't know about you. I'm not in the mood to whisper that name. I'm in the mood to shout the name Jesus. And I want you front to back, side to side, overflow room at home, lift your voice, say his name together. What is his name? His name is Jesus. Come on, Woodville, let's say his name loud. I'll tell you right now, at the very name of Jesus, demons tremble. At the very name of Jesus, power is released. At the very name of Jesus, sick bodies are healed. At the very name of Jesus, joy comes in the house. At the very name of Jesus, miracles happen. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So come on, church, let's get excited this morning. What's his name? Shout it out. His name is? Jesus. Come on, what's his name? His name is? Come on, put your hands together and celebrate the most matchless, beautiful name, Jesus. Jesus. Now I'm going to bring this together, and then we're going to sing a shout of joy to the Lord. Because Zerubbabel's name is mentioned in the book of Haggai, it's mentioned in the book of Nehemiah, it's mentioned in the book of Ezra, and for hundreds of years it's not mentioned again. Until you come to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1 and the Gospel of Luke chapter 3. And Matthew and Luke record the lineage of Jesus. <laughs> Great grandpa burned the scrolls, and God says, If you were a signet ring, I'd rip you off my finger. And judgment's gonna come upon you and your children, your house. Horrible word. And then God said to Zerubbabel, You. You are like my signet ring. Watch this. Matthew 1.12, after the exile of Babylon, Shekoni was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. And Matthew traces the lineage all the way back right to Jesus. Zerubbabel's lineage led to Jesus. Luke picked it up on Luke 3.27, the son of Joanna, the son of Resa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel. The lineage Zerubbabel points to Jesus. His name might fade away because it never was about Zerubbabel. It's always about Jesus. And I want to leave you with this verse because I believe God is about to reverse the curse in the name of the Lord. The curse says there's sickness in your body. The reversal says, uh-uh, there's healing in your body in the name of Jesus. The curse says you're an alcoholic and you'll never be free. The reverse of the curse says, here it is. John chapter 8, verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. <laughs> you're inseparable to God. You're invaluable to God. You're unique. You're his child. The stamp of Holy Spirit is in you. And you've got the authority and the power, not of King Cyrus, not of King Darius, but of King Jesus. 
Come on, Whitvale. The power. The power. The power. The power. It's found in Jesus. The Taliban might have taken over Afghanistan. There might be shaking going on in the world. There might be the mark of the beast coming up. There might be very soon a one world government and a one world currency. That gets me excited because I know that Jesus, the true signet ring, is coming back for his church. And God would say to the house, I've got a timely word for you. I've got a unique plan for you. I've taken you from the, from the pastures of the sheep, David, and I've appointed you to be a king of Israel. God says, I've taken you from where you are, and I'm about to place you where I want you to be. There is an anointing of God that is resting on your life. The best is yet to come. And it's not about Woodville. It's not about this church. It's not about the ministries. It's not about the life group. It's not about Celebrate Recovery. It's not about the worship. It's all about Jesus. Come on, say his name again. It's all about Jesus. Come on, put your hands together, Woodville. Come on, give a loud clap offering of praise to the Lord God. We're stepping into a brand new sermon series next week. You're not going to want to miss it. We're calling it Closer. And we're going to talk about getting closer to God. We're going to talk about the church getting closer to one another because we need each other. This isn't the time to cower back. This is the time for the church to get together and call upon the name of the Lord. This is not the time for us to move far from God, but to move closer to God. We're going to talk about when the devil's moving closer, what do we do? We're going to talk about what's it like when we're in the end times and we're getting closer to the return of Jesus. But I'm here to declare to you that some would say, doomsday. It's over. God is not up to end. I believe God is about to break forth like we have never seen before. You might feel like he is silent right now, but he's got the last word. He's the king of kings. He's not King Cyrus. He is not King Darius. He is not bound by the enemy. Jesus is the head of the church. He's not the tail. He is the living one and whomsoever the son sets free is free indeed. So come on, Pastor. Come on, Pastor. Come to that mic. We, want, we need a little joy in the house. And you led us in a new song this morning. And, buddy, it was powerful. So come on, church. Let's rock for the rock Jesus right now. Come on. Let's lift our voice. Let's worship together.
Come on, give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Amen. Well, in these final moments, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? You're standing here in the main auditorium. You're standing in one of the overflows. You're watching at home today. Today is the day that you died and you stepped into eternity. Are you ready to meet your maker? Many people are a fan of Jesus. I'm not asking you're a fan of Jesus. I'm asking you, are a true follower of Jesus? Was there a time, a place, a moment that you said, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Christianity is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Have you made your peace with God through Jesus? If you've never done that, I want to lead you in this prayer. We're going to join you as you pray. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I make my peace with you. Today I confess you as my Savior, my Lord. I invite you into my life. I make my peace with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your eyes. Have a little celebration with the angels in heaven. People gave their heart to Jesus. And if that's you today, you made the best decision of your life. You're on site, on your way out. Drop by an exit table. we got a Bible for you, a little booklet for you. It's free. If you're watching online, reach out to us. We want to get you in our follow class. 
and we want to see you take the next step and be baptized in water, and they'll give you those details. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, we'd love to have you in the journey. Just a couple of moments, I'm going to close our time in prayer. I want to thank you for coming. Evelyn and I love you so much. And if you've come prepared to give, and some choose not online, they choose on site, we've got debit machines, buckets in the back. Thank you for your faithful giving of tithes and offerings. If you'd like someone to pray for you, this altar will be open, and we've got a team of people, COVID-friendly, will pray for you. And if you're looking for extended time of prayer, come on Thursday night, drop in prayer. If you're not in a connect group, get in a connect group. We got, we got a whole bunch of connect groups across the city, people connecting, growing in Jesus together. Go to our church website, check out all that is there. We're getting ready for three Sunday morning services. And let me just be honest, nine o'clock has a little bit of room, but 11 o'clock, the overflows are filled. We've got to split up the 11 o'clock service for now while we're in six feet apart. We've got to make room because we're, we're turning people away. We don't want to do that. That's why we're going from 9, 10, 30, and 12 noon. And we just thank you for working alongside with us on this. We believe the best is yet to come. And we believe God is about to do some amazing, cool things. How many people know Jesus is up to something big, something big, something big. Let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you for everyone that has gathered today on site or joined us online. I believe you've got a timely word for each one. I believe you've got a unique plan for each one. There's a shaking, a taking, and a making. And I pray that we'd be reminded today that we are like your signet ring. And I pray that we would never make it about ourselves, but we'd always make it about you. And I pray that your destiny would be lived out in each and every life. Give us a great day and a great week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen.